Hey, my name is Jason. I get to be the pastor of Church in the Wild. And I just wanted to thank you for choosing to jump on here with us. We have sermons. We have more than just sermons, though. We have dialogue, conversations, interest of members of our church, my interest, so much more. All of the things that make us the wild. Thanks for jumping on. You matter. All right. So we are, I'm not used to sitting. This is uncomfortable. There we go. Can you hear me? Everybody good? Yeah. All right. We're going to talk to a little, little bit today about moving our families forward. Um, and I asked my wife, she's a better speaker than I am, and uh, she's got a lot of really good passages um, that she's got for you guys. She said, I'm getting ready to preach. <laughs> so, uh, so I asked her to speak with me today um, and just help out. Um, there, is, there is this passage in Hebrews where God talks about Sarah. And he talks about how he speaks to Sarah. And this hall of faith that, that we've been going through as we've been going through moving forward, this hall of faith, it's very interesting that God places her in there first. Um, after all, the corresponding passage is that she's saying, like, no, I don't think this can happen. But we actually find that that's the majority of the people in the hall of faith had questions. Like, God, can you do this? Are you sure? Um, and God places her in there for divine reasons. God places her and he speaks to her. And the Bible is full of passages like this. The Bible is full of God speaking to women and speaking through women and having women speak and having women lead. The Bible is full of that. And so um, I thought, what better way to talk about families than, than with my wife, who, um, if you know us, she's, she's the better of the two of us by far. So um, I'm excited. So we're going to talk, uh, first of all, really quick, um, just a couple thoughts. God can do more for your family than you ever thought, think he could do. So Sarah and Abraham think, okay, God's done with us. And God says, I'm about to not only give you a child, I'm about to give you descendants as numerable as the seashores. So if you're right now in this, like, I don't think God can do this for our relationship. I don't know if God can do this for our relationship. Not only can God help your relationship, but God can do so much more than you think he can do. If you might be right now praying to God, can you just save my relationship? And God's like, not only am I going to save it, I'm going to make it one of the best relationships there is. But sometimes he disagrees with us. Sarah says, no, this can't happen. And God says, no, it can. So sometimes God does this in ways that we don't expect for him to do. Um, Judah Smith said this this week, and it really hit home with me. If God agrees with you 100% of the time, you are probably your own God. That's a pretty powerful quote. God will sometimes tell you, listen, you're flat out wrong. God will sometimes tell you, you think this is the way to save your family, but this is the way to save your family. You think this is the way to have a relationship, but this is the way. So as we go through this, remember, God wants to do more through you and your family than you think. And he might do it in a way you don't expect. So I'm going to ask Sam to uh, go over how we move our kids forward. Uh, point number one. Just a little, little nervous. Though. I am a little nervous. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you hear me? No. Oh, I'm actually really nervous. I don't know why I'm like sweating. I keep getting myself. It's probably not the best thing. Um, okay. Like Jay said, I'm going to start off with the children. And I know what you're thinking, you don't have kids, or I'm single, I don't even have a spouse yet. And I promise you, when we got to the end of this, because I made him rehearse with me multiple <laughs> times, <laughs> we need to break it, we need to rehearse it again. Um, 
when we got to the end of it, I was like, all these points, even though we're talking about kids or relationships or singles, they really all go to you, you yourself. So anyway, I'm going to start off with kids. Um, so when we were talking about children and how to move your family forward with children and we were praying and looking at verses and just kind of discussing it, the main topic that Jay and I kept talking about are that children are sponges. And I know we all know this. There's so many memes. There's so many Pinterest clothes, there's so many everything out there that children are sponges and we have one daughter, she's three and a half, and just looking at her is like looking at Jay. I mean, just in like literally. her actions, literally, I mean physically, yeah, but like in her speech or in the way she handles things and how important is that to remember that when moving forward, especially in a pandemic, in a time like this, but with any trial and tribulation that we face to remember that our children are sponges. From three years old, she's only three and a half, to six, how much more when they're nine, when they're 12. Not only are they watching us and listening to us, remembering that they're mirrors, they're gonna reflect what they see, and that's so important to remember. With that, we just kinda went over some points. Do you complain? Do you attack each other? Um, are you glued to the TV? Are you in church? And how you act today will affect how they act tomorrow. It's funny, talking with the older generation, most of the times when they look back on something they went through, um, you know, World War II, World War I, or anything like that, they always remember, not always, but most of the time, remember how their family or how their parents acted during that time. Like, oh, my mom was this, or I remember my family having to do this. Very rare do they say, oh, well, you know, when I was a kid, I remember the world being like this. They remember how their home life was. They remember how their relationships with the parents, aunts, uncles were. Uh, number two, we need to move forward without a spirit of fear. Second Timothy 1, verse 7, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I love that verse, that God has not given us a spirit of fear. That spirit of fear that our children are feeling, that we're feeling, is not from God. He did not give that to us. How you move forward and teach your children to move forward without a spirit of fear is that you fill them with the Holy Spirit. Jay and I were talking about this, and sometimes you don't even realize that you're full of fear. Maybe it's anxiety, depression, worry. It's all kind of spun off of fear. And how do you move forward? You can't move forward by getting rid of something because then you're empty. You're going to fill it with something and you need to fill it with the Holy Spirit. So you're thinking, oh yeah, duh. Well, how do you fill it with the Holy Spirit? It'd be Galatians 5 verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against there is such no law. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, any, the slightest, little bit of virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. So when you're moving forward and you're teaching your kids to move forward with the spirit of your day, and I were talking about teaching them to think on things that are lovely, right? Think on things that are pure, think on things that are peaceful, goodness, everything like that. Turn fear into that. It's funny, the, it's not funny. I, what's the word? 
Like when you think something's funny, but it's just like the way God did. Ironic? Ironic? Is that? It's a good word. The term here is used 365 times in the Bible. And Jay and I, when, I don't know, like things like that, I'm just like, are you guys watching Netflix? Anybody watching Netflix? Okay, so there's <laughs> Zach Efron's doing Down to Earth. Is anybody? Okay, well, let me tell you. <laughs> Check it out. Anyway, whenever he learns a new fact that everyone else is like, oh, yeah, and he learns it himself, he's like, <sighs> and when I learn that the word fear not is in the Bible 365 times, I was like, mind blown, Zach Efron. Because it's not a coincidence that we have 365 days a year. God knew that we were going to need to be reminded every single day to fear not. And not only us, but remember our kids are sponges. To put that into them too. Remember, fear not. There's a lot of songs I was really, really trying to sing. Um, like kids songs, I feel like worship. I mean, obviously the worship band was up here. It's important to us. Individually, together, it's important to worship. How much more important is it for our children's children to learn to worship? And there's little kid songs like, Why Worry When You Can Pray, Trust Jesus. He'll lead the way. You want to sing it, Jay? I do not want to sing it. Not only do I want to sing it, no one wants to do it. Don't you did last week. Don't be a doubting Thomas. Rest fully on his promise. Why worry, 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 worry when you can pray? And it's just so true. Okay. Um, to remind them daily that the Lord's with us. Matthew 6, 34. I love this verse, especially for right now. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought of for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Can you explain? I had Jay explain this when we looked at what sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Yeah, first of all, I told you she's a better speaker than me. Uh, <laughs> um, so <laughs> the idea here is that tomorrow's going to have its own problems. They're going to be big enough problems tomorrow. So you don't need to make them bigger by worrying about them today. So for us, as believers, we need, Jesus said, when we pray, we need to pray, give us this day our daily bread. In other words, give me what I need today. Let's not worry and spend our, our years, oh, the election's coming, oh, the next four years are coming, oh, this is coming, oh, this is coming, or, oh, we don't know what's coming next, you know, like, well, let's worry about what does God have for us today? Let's spend our time thinking about it today. What do we know about today? God's good. He's good for today, right? We know this, so we lean into that. And, um, yeah. I think that goes back to with children being sponges, right? If we're worried about how is this affecting the children for tomorrow, or how is this going to shape their future, or how is this, they see that in us. We may not say to them, I'm very worried on how this is going to affect your future. Mm -hmm. But they can read it on us, they hear it in conversation. I, I keep pointing back there, she's back there, but she's three, and I forget that she's listening. Jay and I will be talking about something, and she'll say, why did he do that? And I'm like, oh, it's already happened. <laughs> she repeats things sometimes that I say, and Sam's like, oh, no. I'm like, where'd you learn that? <laughs> oh, I know. Sure, yeah. uh, but they're just sponges. So if we're worrying about tomorrow, then so will they. Yeah. So it's just the time... In um, women's group, we meet on Wednesday nights. If anybody's looking for a group, or if you're watching online and you want to be a part of a group, we have tons of group. Um, but in women's group, we're talking about um, Janine Allen's book, Get Out of Your Head. And we're talking about how the thoughts that we think can spiral us down this path. 
that we don't want to go down, that we didn't even plan when we woke up in the morning to go down, and how to stop it. Just stop it. And how do you stop it? Fill it with the Holy Spirit, with those verses that we read before. Um, okay, the last one um, that I'm going to say is validate their feelings. I feel like this is such a, a small one, but an important one. I feel like so often we're used to saying, like, buckle up or it could be worse or yeah or, yeah. well in, in my day we walked uphill to school it was snowing have you said that yes <laughs> <laughs> um, i just feel like sometimes they'll come to us and they'll say especially when they get older or even when they're little we kind of disregard it but like you know if they're feeling sad or if they are feeling anxious or anything like that but we need to validate their feelings and not play on them and make them real and make them you know, bigger, but not to disregard them. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we need to remind them to take their fears to God, remind them that God is with us and he is greater. First John 4, 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is that in you that he that is in the world. That's to us, too. But how cool is it, is those little children? So when you're teaching your kids verses at home, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you, or greater is he that is in you that is in the world. Just to validate and then remind them who they are. Whose they are makes them who they are. I love that saying. Whose they are makes them who they are. Their worth, their value. And then teach them that their feelings are valid. Don't feel our emotions or tear them down. And then remind them to leave them with God. I love the example. We were talking about examples. And um, it's like trash. When you go and take the trash out, you're not. Ex when Jay goes and takes the trash out, if he were to bring the trash back in, I would be like, oh, I'm so excited you brought the trash with you. <laughs> I was really missing all this garbage. No, that's what fear is. That's what anxiety is. That's what anything is. Just like we should take it to God and leave it, we should teach our children to do the same. Validate them. Teach them to take it to God. It's the same thing for us. Take it to God and then leave it. Leave it there. Because we can't do it on our own. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So uh, my point, uh, my next couple points are um, continuing on how we we lead our, our children for we need to love like the Father. We need to love like the Father. So we need to love our families like God loved us. And how did he love us? He loved us first. First John 4, 19 says, we loved him because he first loved us. So as parents, um, right now, there's a temptation to begin to think like, oh, you I need someone to love, or I, I need love right now, or I feel anxious, or I feel scared, or I feel lonely, or I feel depressed, or so I need my kid to kind of give me that, that little bit of adrenaline to get me through this. Well, we need to love them first. We need to love them first. Um, and then secondly, we need, to, we need to teach them to have fun. We need to teach them to have fun. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 says, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet wine, send portions to anyone who is nothing ready, for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We need to be able to teach our children that, yes, during hard times, they need to have fun. Um, I, was, I was thinking about this this week. Uh, my entire family was together for the first time in five years. 
uh, the 4th of July, right? It was the 4th of July? Um, so I hadn't seen them, I hadn't seen my sister or her kids in, in years, right? And it was funny, um, we grew up, everyone says they grew up poor. We grew up with a picnic table for a table, no food. All uh, We were on, you know, the, the government supply of stuff, and, and my dad planted a church. He was paralyzed for a while. We, we literally had nothing. Um, I remember that we ate potatoes that someone gave us for about a month straight in order for our family to be able to eat. Um, so we, we really had absolutely nothing. What we did have was a lot of fun. And so when we went home for this 4th of July, my mom was asking me, like, hey, what do you want to do today? And instantly I was like, I want our family to go for a walk. Because I remember as kids, even in really hard times, family walks were really fun. So here's 27 of us now, I think, 24 of us. 23, close. <laughs> 23 of us walking down a dirt road as a family, just having the time of our life, playing football, riding bikes. One of my nephews ran my other nephew over with a bicycle. It was incredible. Like, he just bounced back up and took off running. We had a blast. And we learned that because we had fun with my parents. While my dad was in a wheelchair and they had nothing, their house had burned down, they were starting a church. We learned to have fun. We live in the absolute best country. I, I love America. It is amazing. And we can have so much fun right now. Like we can have a blast, even in hard times, even in difficult times, we can have fun. And so we've got to teach our children to have fun, and we do that by having fun. Next, we've got to teach our children to forgive. And the way we do that is by forgiving. We can't demand that our children learn to forgive if we're not willing to forgive them or our spouse. If they see us holding grudges against our spouse, they're going to learn to hold a grudge. Secondly, we need, or thirdly, we need to learn to apologize by apologizing when we are wrong. And this one's hard. Um, recently, I got after Isla about something, and I was like, you will not do this. I was after her. I was doing the finger wag, everything. And Sam was like, oh, I told her she could do that. I had to go to my daughter and say, I am sorry. I, did, I should not have yelled at you. It was, it was very embarrassing to have to apologize to a three-year-old, but we need to do that. We cannot expect our children to apologize if they don't see us modeling apologizing. So we have to apologize to our spouse when we do something wrong. We have to apologize to them when we do something wrong. And the next, we need to teach them to look forward. I was reading this verse this week, and I, I read it every day um, because it just, I, I just needed it, right? I was, we started this podcast, I was watching old sermons, which means I was watching old services, which means I was looking at a room full of people, and it was packed, and all this stuff, and I was like, Ugh, right? And, and for a moment, I had this nostalgia, right? But this is what Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19 says. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You feel like you're in the wilderness right now? Do you feel like you're in the desert right now? Maybe it's because we're spending all of our time wishing that it was 2019. Rather than looking to see, God, what do you have for us in 2020? What can we learn in 2020? What opportunities do you have for us? What things can we learn? What can we do? God wants to do new things through us. He says in Philippians 3.13, Brethren, 
I kind of myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth onto those things which are before. That's not easy. But I don't want my daughter, I don't want my wife, I don't want my church to hear me talk about the good old days for the rest of my life. And I don't want them to learn to spend their life looking at what used to be. I want them to learn to look forward to what God can do. Now that means, look, we, we get it. Times are not great. Times are not wonderful. Times are not fun. And we, we don't have, we're not perfect. We, we don't have everything figured out. We have bad days. But I, this week, I, I just told myself, no more am I going to say, well, back before this, or no more, man, oh, things were great before, oh, things were so wonderful. I'm just going to say things are great now, and things are going to be even better in the future. And I'm just going to start looking forward, because I want my daughter to look forward. I want my daughter, whenever it is that she's our age and she's going through a hard time, I want her to be able to look forward and say, yeah, but God's got this in front of me. And we have to model that now. So I don't want our family dinner to be, man, you remember how nice it was back in the day? You remember how cool it was back then? You remember how great? Yeah, <laughs> back in 2019. In 2019, we were complaining about how it was in 1999. Like, like, that's what we were all doing. We forget that, that what we do is we forget that there are problems back in the day. There were problems back in the day. There always have been. And if we spend all of our time just looking back and wishing, oh, man, do you remember, do you remember, do you remember? Memories are great, but we got to look forward and we got to move forward. Um, so then one of the best ways to help our kids is by loving our spouse. And Sam kind of brought this up, but some of this might be repetitive, but the big takeaway here is that this is for all relationships. This might be, I need to learn how to love my parents so that in the future I can love my kids. This might be, I need to love my boyfriend or girlfriend so in the future I can love my kids. Like, that's what some of this is. So, uh, we move forward in our relationships by grace. Uh, they had, Abraham and Sarah had made some pretty major mistakes in their walk with God. We're not going to cover all of them because it's a long passage of the Bible. But just think about some of these things. Sarah had convinced Abraham to have an affair. They had then abandoned the boy and his mother to die. Abram had told people that his wife was his sister because she was pretty and he didn't want to get killed on her behalf, right? So no matter how bad things might be right now, at least your husband isn't telling your coworkers that you were his sister, right? Like, I mean, at least we have that. <laughs> they were, things were tough. Things, things were they're not easy, and they made a lot of mistakes along the way. Sarah flat out laughed when God spoke to them. She laughed out loud at God. Like a, a proper understanding of these scriptures is that this was Jesus in the flesh speaking to them. And he said to them, oh, you're going to have this family, and she started laughing. I mean, we laugh at what God asked us to do all the time. Right? Oh, you want us to plan a church? <laughs> Funny. Oh, you want, you want us to speak together? Funny, right? If we do that, we make mistakes. But we have to move forward with grace. We have to forgive. They had a strong relationship. It wasn't perfect, but it was strong. And then, um, <laughs> and then we have to learn to be romantic. They had a child after this. You do the math on that point. Um, and then learn to be best friends. As important as it is to have fun with your children, it's equally important to have fun with your spouse. 